But isn't that going to be great? And when we get to the new facility, we're going to go back to one service. And when we fill that up 80%, we're going to go to two services again. We fill that up, we'll go to three services. We'll do whatever God says, but we're going to take this city for the kingdom of God. And we're going to see great things happen. And you guys are going to be part of it. It's going to be a wonderful ride. Well, we've been talking in this Christmas series. We've talked about different things. We talked about being home alone and different things like that. We've talked also about uh, being having a wonderful life. Today, we're going to talk about Christmas vacation. Christmas vacation is number the, one of the number one movies to rent. Now, I'm uh, endorsing everything on Christmas vacation. Matter of fact, I can't remember watching the whole movie through. Uh, my I, now, Wonderful Life was I love that movie. Uh, you know. So anyway, but. Everybody in here, I think at one time or another in your lifetime, you have um, an Uncle Eddie. Have you seen the movie? Okay, a cousin, Uncle Eddie. I don't know what his name is. Cousin Eddie, whatever his name is. We've all had, whether it's even in the family or just whether it's a co-worker or just, there are going to be times. And so today we're going to talk about just relationships and conflicts and sometimes meeting with family or friends or how do we do that and do it in such a way that we can actually enjoy ourselves and not kind of just pull away and, and not enjoy that or just kind of shut down during those couple hours or during whatever that time is. So I'm going to give you some points today and hopefully that's going to help you. I believe it is. That's where God has us for this morning. And so um, we have people that we love for the kingdom. We love for God, but we don't want to go on vacation with. You want to spend, well, let me just rephrase that. You really don't want to spend time with them, but you don't hate them. It's just you just don't get along well. So let's get this out first. If you're married and you're listening to me today or you're listening online or whatever, you need to understand this. That's the first relationship you need to get right and work on. Doesn't mean it has to be perfect. It just means we all got to work through stuff. Bump your neighbor and say, we're working on it. Because you're going to have to work through some stuff. You got two people trying to get together and figure things out. And we don't always see things the same way. My wife's talking about who doesn't love Christmas. If you're a girl and you love shopping, say yes. If you're a guy and you love shopping, go, that's what I'm saying. We really don't care about shopping as much. I like buying things for people that they want, but I like going to buy it, get it, bag it, get it home, wrap it, get it. I'm done. Hey, I don't want to shop and shop and shop and shop. So it's different, but you have to get that union right because out of marriage flows everything else. Now, if you're single today and, and you, you, then this, you know, you'd be like, okay, but someday if you want a spouse, that's what you're going to need to understand. You're going to have to work together on some things. Everything flows out of that. This song, I kind of, how many have ever heard this song? All you need is love. All you need is love. Love, love is all you need. Yeah, it's not a Christmas carol, but hey. Bottom line is love. Jesus said this one commandment sums it up. He basically is saying, listen, you got to love people. You cannot be in the kingdom. Now, listen to me and and be prosperous. Not just I'm not talking about wealth. I mean, just enjoying life. If you don't love people because God died for people. He sent his son to die for you and those people that we don't like. You know, when you're around people, they may not remember anything you said, but they can always remember how you made them feel. Were they, was it good? Was it bad? Did they feel valued or not valued? Were they feel welcome? Was it really awkward? Here's one I'm working on. 
just being transparent. Stop interrupting people. I, I have a tendency to interrupt people like two or three seconds in the conversation. No amens, please. Because in my mind, I'm already thinking what I have to say because I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to say it because it really, in a sense, I'm not valuing what they're saying because I just want to get mine in. I got to work on that. So those are some of the things we got to talk about love because how we treat people affects the anointing on your life. How I treat people, how I love people affects the anointing on my life. It'll affect the anointing on your life. How we treat people. If we figure that out, if we start loving people because God loves, it doesn't mean you have to, love isn't saying I condone everything you do or I accept everything you do. Love is just saying, you know what, I love you because God so loved. And if we can figure some of this out, we don't have to worry about blessings. We don't have to start going, oh, what's the formula for that? Blessings will chase us down. Because with love comes fruit. Let's live our lives out loud and glorify God. And this is what happens. We have a tendency to shy away. And I'm going to say some things today that you're probably, it's, it, they may be hopefully humorous a little bit, but also very truthful. We have a tendency to shy away from whoever or whatever is not like us. And right, in this room right now where I'm speaking, there's different generations that have lived through so many different things. There's older folk and younger folk and middle-aged folk. And there's babies that are coming up. There's people now that their sons have either been or are now or daughters in the service just to help protect our country and keep it free. So they have a different viewpoint of some people. Generations have lived through different stuff. Some people have lived through the Great Depression or, or have known about it. Their parents did or have lived through a couple wars. Or their parents did. We think so often generationally. Say I walk into a coffee shop and the dude that waits on me has tattoos up both arms. He's got piercings all over. He's got hair going in 50 different ways and it's 12 different colors. Immediate, whether I want to be honest or not, now come on. Immediately there starts to form a wall. I'm not sure I'm liking what I'm seeing. Listen how quiet it is. What happens if he doesn't like Mr. Rogers? It's a happy day, one, two. What if he doesn't think, hey, you know what? I'm not real crazy about you there, Mr. Traditional Guy. You see, we don't understand or we don't even take the time. We just, we make a judgment call on what we see. My wife shared a story. Her and Mallory were in Amish country. Yeah. They're in Amish, Amish country, and, and they went to a restaurant, very prominent restaurant, and, and a, a lady came up, bun in her hair, long dress, came up and said, do you, do you girls know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And she said, yes. And Mal said, yes. And the lady, Kim, said she put her hand on my leg and looked us up and down and goes, are you sure? How many know she's making a call because they probably had jeans with rips or holes or, you know, they're, they're trendy, they're, they're hip. And she was not, not meaning that's wrong. But again, she's calling because of what, listen, what she sees. Her love is determined by something that she sees, not something that the heart. When will we learn that we have to start looking at people? Maybe we don't understand from the outside. But what if we could say, God, you know, the inside. 
course, there's scripture that goes with that. Man looks on the outward, God looks on the heart. But we build up walls. These walls are from the enemy. These walls are just divisive. They're built to just divide. We want our family to stand when we have to break down the walls. Not just our, you know, our family, our intermediate, you know, the ones in our, in our bubble, but also our church family and all that. There's going to be people that we just don't get. It's okay. You don't have to get it. You just have to, again, loving someone isn't condoning everything if you don't like what they're doing. Let's stop thinking everybody needs to be like us to be okay. Last time I checked, it's God that snaps that plumb line, not me or you. Years ago, we mowed grass. We didn't smoke it. We, uh, we didn't snort coke. We drank it. If Back in the day, if you had holes in your jeans, your mom took one of those big patches and ironed it on. Come on, remember that, man? Half my legs didn't hardly bend because of my patches. <laughs> hey, Gleesman, how you doing? I can't sit down. <laughs> now, if you got holes in them, they're worth a hundred bucks. You go, the more holes in it, the more expensive they are. <laughs> Listen, I found out that if you have rips in your jeans, it doesn't affect your anointing. I'm going to say that one more time. If you're not wearing a suit, if you got holes in your jeans, you got piercings, you got tattoos, doesn't affect your anointing. Come on. I'm saying we've got this image in our mind that we are thinking, you know what? Because we're, we're believing this whole facade of, you know, Hallmark. Because in, in an hour or 30 minutes, everything can get happy. And this, this guy is a creep. And this guy is going to come in and save the day. And, you know, all of that. We get it. I understand. But in, in life, we've got to understand that that happens when we finally let go of ourselves and say, God, you know what? I, I just want what you want. Because people have a purpose and a plan. There are people that, that run in motorcycles. That I, there's nobody going to listen to Mr. Rogers. But man, some spiky dude going in there going, yeah. They're going, okay, yeah. They'll listen to him. You see, things can be different, but they're still Okay. It will hurt our anointing if we've got a snooty, I'm better than you attitude. If we are judgmental and we are pharisaical or we're like, oh, you're not as good as me. I'm better than you because you you have that. And I, I, God would never do that. Who are you to say what God would never do? He put what he'll do and what he won't do in his book. But I'm telling you, a lot of times we make up our own rules. We got to stop knowing people by their outside and start. Loving people for their inside, their heart. Jesus said, love them as I've loved you. But we know today, just being in family has challenges. I mean, now more than ever are blended families where people have gotten divorced and, and then now they've come together and, and they found someone else. And, and I understand all of that, you know, but they're just trying to figure it out. And now you got sibling rivalry, not just in the natural, but also this is my half brother, my half sister. Now I got to do this. I got to do that. How many knows that can get complicated? When do I get visitation rights every other week? And we got, so we got all of these elements. How do we go through that? Some of our old memories, old traditions aren't valued anymore because things have changed in the family. 
What if it's not even us, but we we're kind of put in that we have to go over there and there's there's issues or some other folks have issues and you feel tension. How do you deal with that? We got to be the light, ladies and gentlemen. We got to be the light that brings us together. We got to be the one that God strategically planted that said, will you do this for me? Will you do this for me? Will you go there and just be who I'm telling you? It doesn't mean do anything compromising as far as in the word, but it just means be the light. We have to make a difference, not just for them, but for ourselves. Because when we push the boundaries, when we get outside of us, he starts taking over. John 1, 1 through 5 says, In the beginning the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. That's an incredible scripture. That's why I told Kim, we're plowing over the darkness. You know, we bought that building and we made Marion Crime Chronicles. I don't know why it's a crime to buy the building. Then one of the comments was, what church has $500,000 laying around? Well, you know what? We're going to pay that building off. We didn't have it laying around, but we're going to pay it off. But all of these things, but this is my point is this. When light comes in, it pushes back darkness. They did not crucify Jesus because they loved him. There will be a fight. The enemy will not roll down, roll over and just say, take it. We're going to have to go in and be active. We're going to have to go in and say, all right, we are taking territory. We have dominion by the kingdom. I'm going to give you quickly five thoughts to deck your halls. Not your neighbor, but just your halls. You don't want to deck your neighbor. Hey, Merry Christmas. Pow. You don't want to do that. That will start off too well. Here's number one. Just care. Ask God to help you genuinely care. Have a heart to make a difference. Even if it's only for a few hours, you're going to an event or a family event or a church event or whatever. And some of us are, are more introverted and not extroverted. In other words, we're more inward. We, we, we like people, we just don't like to talk to them. We don't like to be the center of attention. We don't like to do... Other people are like, yeah, the party's right here. Wherever you're going, then ask God, help me to just care. Someone asked Pearlie Mesta, uh, and she's the greatest Washington hostess since Dolly Madison... The secret of her success in getting so many rich and famous people to attend her parties. And this is what she says. She said, it's all in the greetings and the goodbyes. She claimed as her guests arrived, she met with them and said, at last, you're here. And when they had to leave, she said, I'm sorry you have to leave so soon. She just cared. Do you remember this statement? People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. It really doesn't matter how much power, money, education, or expertise you possess. People will act better towards you when you first let them know that they matter as an individual. You're, I'm just, it's good to see you. Now, you might say, Brett, there's people that I cannot say that to. I understand. You might not practice this one. You can just care for them at a distance. But you got to be you. you got to be real. We'll talk about that here in a second. Number two is just smile. Just smile. Studies have shown that people that smile were drawing spots. What did I do? Oh, oh, there you go. Studies have shown people are drawing spots for people around them. 
almost to the point that seemed as if they they had a string attached to them and would just people were just attracted to those people that smiled and that were happy and joyful. Have you ever been to a restaurant and you had a good waitress or waiter and they just were very happy, they were very attentive to you and you're just like, this is awesome. You don't have any problem leaving them a tip. Or you have a waitress like Wonder Woman, wonder where she went, wonder when she's coming back, can I get some water, anybody, I mean, you know. You've had those, sometimes we still tip them and we want to go, here's another tip, find another job, because this one you don't, you're not good at. But they might have an off day, but again, being just love, but just smile. I think Jesus smiled a lot. I really do. I don't think, I mean, I'm a dad. I have children and now they're grown. I don't think kids would run up to Jesus if he looked like he was just a prune-faced, you know. They just don't. Kids just don't do that. I believe he had a great smile. I believe he smiled a lot. I believe he was happy. If you want to draw people to you and you want better relationships, you got to notify your face. It takes fewer muscles to smile than it does to frown. So light up your face with a smile. Here's number three. Change your focus. I grew up, there was a TV show, and you'll know which one it is. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Where everybody knows your name. You've got to change your focus. And this is, this is something I'm speaking to myself at. I've got to change there's some things that God just will put his finger on and go, Brett, love you, but right there. Because it can't all be about you. So when you leave here today, you're going to be like, Pastor Brett is really selfish. I'm not trying to be, really. So, you know. But what I'm saying is change our focus. Listen to this. One of the best sounds a person wants to hear, if you haven't seen them for a while, or you're going to a family function, or a, a church function, or a business function, one of the sweetest sounds, and as, as weird as this sounds... They like to hear their name. That sound, and you know it's true because you like it if you're recognized and what comes behind it is good. Use it in a positive way. Let them know how much they count, how much they matter, how important they are to the church or to the family. I love to brag on the dream teamers that are here at TLC. I, I tell people all the time, tell other pastors, I got the best team in the world i got people that are just so devoted it's great to be able to say those kind of things there's a pastor who was on a plane and he had polaroids of all of his church and his church was growing and and he was matching the names with the polaroids now we don't do polaroids anymore but he had them on a ring i guess and he sat beside some dude on the plane and the dude goes what are you doing he said, oh, I'm just trying to, I'm looking at my family. And the guys, you know, said, your family? He said, yeah, I'm just, I'm just matching everybody's name with their picture. And he goes, man, you have a huge family. He said, why do we have grandkids? What I'm trying to tell you is what he was trying to do is associate their face with their name because they mattered to him. He wanted to make that connection so he could see them. Now, this pastor has been gone for several years. If you remember John Watson, who pastored Mary and Christians there, that dude had a memory like a steel trap. I hadn't seen Pastor John for years, and I was at Lifeway Bookstore in Polaris or something, and he saw me and came over and goes, Brett Gleesman, how are you? I'm like, how do you remember my name? You know, that's amazing. And, you know, you meet people like that. 
You know what I felt like when he came and shook my hand? I felt valued. I felt like, wow. People need to know they're important. Now, you might say, no, we don't. You do. We all need to be loved. And that's why the greatest commandment is love. What if you looked over some old pictures before your family function or something and just remembered some fun things that you might be able to share? Hey, remember when we did this? And you might say, well, Brett, I don't have any old pictures to look over or I don't have any good memories. Then you're going to draw on the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say that one more time. You're going to draw on the Holy Spirit. You're going to draw on God that you can be loved. You don't have to bring up negative things. Because what you give life to is what you'll think about. So start thinking about good things. Think about the great things you can do when you get together. Think about those things. Or start some now. Start like, okay, then make some pictures. So next year you'll be ready. Create some fun things. One thing I got my niece up here to my left and to your right, Amy, she takes pictures and you got to be watching because it'll be posted before you can say who's got the pup. And she's like, see, she's already posted something. Hi, I'm Amy. Post it. (laughs) I mean, she's just she's very passionate about just family and and those kind of memories and that kind of stuff. So you could do some of that kind of stuff, too. You could start saying, man, those are great things to remember. We get our family together. We start talking about those good things. Even if you're like, I don't have anything recent. Then talk about something that you know that you love. Take some time and start spending some time just saying, God, what could I do? How could I make this a great time? Even for the short time that I'm here today. Here's number four. Listen more, talk less. There you go. There's Cousin Eddie. See that? The one with the hat. Yeah. You know, God gave you two ears and one mouth. Maybe he's trying to tell us to listen twice as much as we speak. Remember this, we get what we really need from our Heavenly Father. And we're here on assignment to witness for Him. So if we can get everything we need from God, and He puts people in our lives, we can add to their life, they can add to ours. Our number one, obviously, is God. The next would be our spouse. But then, again, that outside ring. Who's, Who's closest to you in your family? Two great prime ministers in Great Britain's history are William Gladstone and Benjamin Disraeli. And this young lady went to dinner with both of these guys on successive nights. And when asked of her impressions of the two men, she said, when I left the dining room after sitting next to Mr. Gladstone, I thought he was the cleverest man in England. But after sitting next with Mr. Disraeli, I thought I was the cleverest woman in England. You see, you need to start changing your focus and listen more, talk less. Talk about what they want to talk about your coworker, or some of your family. You know, you already know about you. Maybe they don't. Maybe they'll give you a chance and you can share something. Great, but value the time that you have with them. Put them first. Don't be like me and say, wait a minute, <laughs> I got something I want to add to that. And I'm not quite that obnoxious or anything, but what I'm trying to... Talk about something they want to talk about. Be like that example. That's, that's great. Listen, and then go off of that. A young couple sat on the porch swing one warm June evening and the young wife looked over at her new husband and said, George, you think my eyes are beautiful? George said, yep. A minute went by. George, do you like my hair? George said, yep. 
More time passed. George, would you say I have a gorgeous figure? George said, yep. She said, George, you say the nicest things. My, my point is this. George really doesn't know how to communicate. <laughs> She's pretty much doing it all for him. Listen to what the people that are in front of you are saying. And, and just say, I mean, and if you don't know what they're talking about, don't try to pretend you know what they're talking about. Don't try to give them advice on something you don't know what they're talking about. Just listen. Build your relationship to win people talk in terms of the other person's interests. Seriously. Remember what I said at the beginning. They, they'll remember how you made them feel. They don't. They won't remember everything you said, but they'll be like, man, that was just great. You know, I can talk as my kids have gotten married and they've met new families and, and new people. You know, I've talked to Mallory and, and Justin's family and she'll be like, oh, I love them. You know why? Because they made her feel welcome. It's really important. I could say, what did they say? She'd probably say, I don't know. I just know that it was all good. They don't remember, but they remember that embrace. They remember that those were, I just felt valued. We have that golden rule, do unto others as you have them do unto you. Here's one you could add to that. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Boy, I could remember that more myself. Treat others the way you want to be treated. If we do this, then we can't go wrong. Here's our last thought for this morning. Be genuine. bottom line is you need to make others feel important but you need to do it your way you need to be you i've got to be me i've got to be me daring to try to i've got to be me do do it your way people can spot a fake a mile away so if you're not for real and you don't believe that or you're just giving out fake compliments just so that you know, they know. If they're really thinking about it, they know. Be genuine. If you're going there, make up your mind. I am going to listen. I am going to be supportive. I'm going to add to that. Now, here's a story of a young boy that he knocks on the door of a famous speaker's house. And, and uh, he's selling books, this young boy. The speaker told his wife, just watch. You see that boy out there? Just watch how I teach this kid a lesson. I will then speak on it and teach it at one of my conferences. So he answered the door and said, look, son, I'll give you one minute. I've got a plane to catch. The boy, not daunted by what he said, he said, aren't you that famous speaker I've heard so much about? The man said, come on in. And he bought all kinds of books he would never read. (laughs) You see, the boy had learned something. He learned the principle of making other people feel important, and it worked. Now, I'm not trying to give you a sales pitch here. What I'm telling you is people need to be valued. Be yourself. It works best. Use your gifts and talents to win people for Jesus. Pastor, you don't know how dysfunctional my family is. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know the hurtful things that were said. You don't know the things that were done. You don't know. No, I don't know. But if we want to enjoy the journey, if we want to get past this, if you're waiting on them, probably not going to happen. You're going to have to do this yourself with God's help. 
Move past the pain. Cousin Eddie deserves a lump of coal. Maybe so. So then you might have to say, you know what? I really can't go up and do this with Cousin Eddie, but I can love him for God. And I can spend my time investing in those around. Watch what that that attitude permeates the atmosphere. And trust me, Cousin Eddie would notice. I'm going to say I'm almost finished here, but there isn't by appearance that I could say a whole lot of good comes out of fertilizer by just the appearance or the smell. Fertilizer is manure. But yet, it is used on flowers and vegetables in gardens to bring up I mean, when it puts, when it's down, like around our house, there's fields all around our house. So when they fertilize those fields for about a week, we're like, whoo. I mean, it's like probably not going to leave the windows open too much for that week, you know, until that, that kind of wears out. But what it produces later is beautiful crops and beautiful flowers and all of that kind of stuff. So what are you telling me, Brett? I'm telling you there's a purpose Sometimes life is stinky. Sometimes things happen and, and God didn't cause it. But I, I'm a firm believer in Romans says all things work together for good. For them that love God and are called according to his purpose. You might not have did some things. Some other things have happened to you out of your control. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you need to trust God in this. And it might stink right now. But out of that, out of that. God loves you enough that he will let it, he will make that work for your good. He might not have caused it, but he's going to make that work for your good. So you'll get stronger. You'll, you'll find some things and God will make something come out of those ashes. Come on, somebody. There's some crap that has gone on in all of our lives. And you're like, ah, but God's saying, you know, it's not over till I say it's over. So maybe you made bad choices. Maybe there's things that happened. Maybe the choices were made. You didn't have any control of it. But what I'm telling you is this. God has a way to get you through it. And he'll help you get to the other side. He'll bring out the best in you. He'll change your mindset. Genesis 50, 20 and 21. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could have the lives of many people. No, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. Listen to me. This is, this is talking about Joseph here, but you know, Joseph, he, 13 years of being in prison, he went to the pit, to the prison, to the palace. I mean, he had all kinds of stuff, but Joseph, the Bible just records his attitude was good. God didn't do it, but it, he worked it out for his good. What made him refrain from what seemed to be what they had coming. There's people that have hurt you and there's a lot of things that you could be like. It's a good thing we're not God, isn't it? Because we would be... Character is what refrained him. Because Joseph had spent time with God, he could maintain proper perspective on the situation. My, my friends, if we would stay with God, no matter what has happened to you, you can maintain a good perspective and have character. You see, how we deal with things will tell us many things about our character. Crisis doesn't make character, it reveals it. Crisis doesn't make character, it reveals it. 
Just points that you need to work. Doesn't mean you're condemned. It just means like, I need to work on that. Adversity is something that makes every person choose between character and compromise. There's always a way that God is going to say, here's a higher way. So we must choose the right way. Every time we choose character, we become stronger. Sometimes when we do the right thing, you ever did the right thing and wrong things, people get mad? Still do the right thing. The development of character is at the heart of development as we follow Jesus, as we are as believers follow him. If you want to be the kind of person that makes somebody else smile and enjoy your holiday, your time, whatever you're going to, or even just your home, I'm hoping that these five things you'll start saying, yeah, I can do that. And maybe you're saying, you know what, it's, this time of year has been tough. We've talked about being home alone, lost a loved one, and we've talked about just, you know, wonderful life and the, the financial pressures and different things like that. Now we're talking about just relationships. You can do this. You can start enjoying the holiday. God can help you. But you have to be willing to let him do it. You got to be willing to say, you know what? I submit. That Bible is always right. I say the Bible is always right. In James, it says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. We quote a lot of times the second part of that. Resist the devil, and he'll flee. But my friends, he doesn't have to flee if you're not submitted to something greater than he. You got to submit to God. You want the madness to stop? It stops today if you submit to him and start putting these things. Now, you're going to have to walk through it. You're going to have to kind of get through some manure. You might have to clean your shoes off a little bit. But you'll be all right because it's doable and you can make a difference. And God's going to bless you and make a difference with you. All right. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?